Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I Hey, it is mid-July, so I want to wish all of you a happy TSS. Uh, what's TSS? Oh, it, uh, that's it's funny you should ask, because if, if any of us, you should be a, a keen celebrator of tomato sandwich season. Oh, yeah, I actually had one earlier today. I did the too. Orange, I had the, one just before uh, we started recording. I had one with the orange tomatoes that Ooh. I got from Jesus yesterday. Uh, as which is, I mean, if there's an official sandwich of this podcast, I assume it's that one. I, um, I would imagine so. I mean, this the podcast is often powered by the the Italian store. Yeah, but the official <laughs> sandwich, like the singular sandwich, is the tomato sandwich. I mean, if the Italian um, store wants to kick us a couple dollars to be the official sandwich of this podcast, like I'm super down for that. Uh, but at least until we get those sweet, sweet prosciutto checks, I think we can we can go with the farmer's market tomato sandwich. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, summer is, is a really good, especially time for, for sandwiches, not just because of tomato season, but but also because of, of their, their portability. And yeah. I know and I know just yesterday uh, I was uh, driving around a little bit to go what was intended to be kayaking, but the Potomac River was not having any of that because it is raging along with tremendous uh, tremendous downpour this week. Um, so, you know, you're driving around and, and you need some sandwiches, especially when you're driving for a long time, which I think is a historically a, a very much the, the quintessential American activity, a, a road trip, so to speak. Oh, yes. Summer road trips? Hell yeah. 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 I, I mean, mean, Max... I don't know if you did them when you were were younger because you could just drive up to Maine, but I think you you drove around some national parks as well, right? Oh yeah, lots of driving. Driving, we drove to Florida. That was kind of far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, road trips are awesome. They yeah. are. We didn't do many as when I when I was young. I I recall there were a couple big ones for like Disney World. That was that was sweet when you were five and eight. I think that was. Those were the times we got. I have a vague recollection of watching Rohan Davey play quarterback for LSU, which I think would put us at about 2,000. Um, that would put us into nausea. So. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I also, you know, I've been, uh, as my time at work has wrapped up and I've been kind of having days where I was less stressed out by the end of the day and come home and unwind by watching youtube videos and and one of the things i really latched onto was the burger show which is a first we feast production and uh there's a lot of discussion about how like hamburger culture and car culture and, and sort of these things that we we think of as being kind of american summer staples all weave together and uh you know so summer is road trip season and that's neat but you don't always have to do it in a car, right? You don't always have to do it in a car. And I think that, well... Talking about biking a, across the country? Biking across the country, <laughs> yes. No, I think more in the sense of one thing that is inevitably kind of 
can be irritating as you're as you're driving long ways is is you're you're exhausted after doing that maybe you're you're going somewhere in particular and you're exhausted or or you have to stop in Knoxville Tennessee and you just want to be there for a brief period of time so there is i think a, a pretty american invention which is the why don't your why can't your car also be your means of conveyance is also your means of residence while you're on this trip um, so we have the wonderful invention, especially if you're driving down, I guess, 95 toward uh, Williamsburg, you'll see it. But you have RVs, recreational vehicles, or which is a weird name for what, what my grandparents called them when they had one, which is a motorhome, uh, which is a very large vehicle on wheels that has beds and tables and kitchens in it. Um, but But there's also another one that I think is a type of vehicle slash residence that is popular amongst, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, amongst people our age, which Max knows about, which is? Uh, van life? Van life with a Y. Hashtag and... van life, bro? Hashtag van life. Yeah! Bro. It's like a, a camper van. It's like a, a van or a school bus of some kind with all the things that you said in there, like a, a bed and... Maybe a hot plate. But scrunched <laughs> together in in probably the length of like a Suburban, pretty much. Right? Yeah, they're, they, they can get pretty tight. I mean, there's definitely a line. Um, I've done a good bit of research because I am, I am pretty fascinated by them. And I mean, there's people that'll buy a full-size school bus and convert that into a camper, which is pretty large. I mean, that's basically mm-hmm. the size of some of these RVs, although some of the bigger RVs have the the kind of pop-outs. I'm sure you've yes. seen those, where when they're parked, they can kind of double in size. Um, all the way down to, you know, a small van or even, like, a minivan that someone has put a mattress into, all the way down to someone that just lives out of their Subaru Outback. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there has to be a line somewhere. I mean, I will say that And the I first, don't know where that line is. The first thing that I thought of when you said hot plate was, what are you, a divorced dad that's down on his luck? Are you Matt Foley living in a van down by the river? But it does, it seems like it is an increasingly viable way for people we might derisively refer to as experience collectors to, yeah. to get around in the summertime. Well, and it's, yeah, it's an experience collector. And then you also, you know, in this in this increasingly digital age where, and we've certainly talked about this before, where everything's a service economy, so you don't make anything. People are actually putting videos together where they are showing the progress of them making the this, this van. Now, is that kind of cool? Is there something inherently cool about making something? Yeah. Is is the application of, of how this is done, like, well, look at me, as good? Maybe not. Like, as, <laughs> as part of the, the van life hashtag, maybe not. But I think that there's – it is this, this emerging aesthetic that is very different from that, that recreational vehicle life, the thing that is this massive amount of space – um, you know, Max, I know that you are someone who has has championed a, a documentary that Sean and I have not watched, to best of my knowledge, on minimalism. Do you think that there is something in the the the, the van life that that coincides with this that is particularly appealing? Hundred percent, absolutely. I think it's like a it's a a generational shift between the McMansions and the massive RVs of perhaps baby boomers and whatnot down to at least what you'll hear and i don't it doesn't apply to everyone but like you know the millennials and and liking their 
minimalist, smaller spaces. And I think that the van life can kind of take that to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's definitely an appeal to that, to just saying, oh, I, I don't need really physical belongings. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I got everything I need with my hot plate on my wheels. I don't know, man. I'm looking, I'm looking at hashtag van life on, on ye old Instagram, which apparently mm-hmm. has over 5 million posts against it. Um, yeah. and this shit looks way nicer than hot plates. No, they're nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of them are beautiful. They're, uh, and especially, I mean, some of the, the ones you're going to see on there are made for Instagram, which oh, oh, of course. is not always the, the best. They're yeah. not always necessarily the most functional if they're made just to be taken photos, but some of them have, some people have, have done some, some custom work and put like beautiful wood inside and, and, you know, some of them, they, they're homes. I mean, they're small, but you know, we've found ways to make phones, which are computers, fit in our pockets. I mean, That's there's true. ways that we can make things smaller. And you'll see some of these now that now that there is a, a desire to have things fit like that. I think you've you've seen like more creative ways to fit like a, a washing machine in mm-hmm. a in a van, which is not something anyone I don't think it would have been trying to do even just ten years ago. Sure. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that comes to mind for me is whether. In some cases, this is like a reaction to kind of like a delayed reaction to the like the financial crisis in 2008 and and feeling, you know, there was a, a whole cohort of people kind of toward the upper end of our generation age wise who were coming out of college right into just getting bitch slapped by the world as they were trying to find their first jobs. And so you know is do you think there's anything to at least for some people i'm not talking about the you know the clearly uh rich instagram douches that are doing this but like don't don't you think that there's maybe something to this being like well i don't know you know i don't know if i'm going to be able to to find something or if you came out of college and had to be really kind of on a shoestring budget and flexible and really be willing to go anywhere and not necessarily be able to put roots down. Is this a way to have a life that's sort of recognizable and like have something that functions as a home, but also be free to like, if, if this job doesn't work out, I can pull up stumps and go somewhere else. Yeah. So I think that this, there's, there's even a, a related, but, uh, also different trend there are also these things called tiny houses that that you have like they're very popular they're 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 similar in concept which is you know what is the most essential thing so that you know i don't have to put you know a hundred thousand dollars just for a down payment to live in a townhome in northern virginia uh uh (laughs) there is the the term i think of and and you can roll your eyes at it but i think it's the right term is optimization you know, how do you optimize your life? You don't need three bedrooms. You, you don't. I mean, you're not going to have people visiting that often. And if you bring those bedrooms with you, you can just visit whoever. Um, but, you know, you need a you need a kitchen and maybe a, a, a in this case, a companion or even just you in, in a bed. And you also need a way to get places that maybe you want to go. But it, the exercise of, of realizing what is essential and optimizing your life is one that, 
yeah, again, you can roll your eyes at and is is popular at the moment, but I think that in some ways it's 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 very it's very good, you know, to question to really question your choices and mm-hmm. say, you know, I don't I don't need an immersion blender. I really don't need an immersion blender. I really don't need a blender at all. I'm, what am I going to do with it? It's going to sit in the cabinet and and collect dust. I do need a can opener, but it's just kind of I think another example of of optimizing your life and not not in necessarily the Silicon Valley way, but those concepts are ones that I think for the last oh I don't know twenty twenty years or so maybe even less people have been engaging with critically and especially when you have these tremendous changes in honestly the whole world where you have to question you know why do you value this it's 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 often good to go ahead and start from scratch and that's what these are these are uh, depictions of that well you gotta you gotta have a can opener in your traveling van home because how else are you gonna heat up your beans you fucking hobo with your teeth (laughs) (laughs) i realize i said heat how are you gonna heat up i don't think you're gonna heat your beans up with your teeth (laughs) or a can opener for that matter (laughs) you obviously haven't been camping with me neither have i mind you but (laughs) i think i think what sean brought up though is an interesting point i think there is a dynamic here where you're seeing the tiny homes and the van life kind of coming together. If you watch like, you know, an HGTV show on tiny home living, you're seeing people that probably could afford a bigger home, but are choosing the tiny home. But you have to also question, like Sean said, where did it come from? I mean, you get to the point where you have, at least on the TV shows, fairly affluent people choosing to live in trailer parks and it's it's almost like this yeah. next level of gentrification where it's <laughs> sure. it really, it's weird. It's well, like, oh. oh, well, we're going to own the fact that we only have 500 square feet. Like, we think that's awesome. And I think mm-hmm. there is a little bit of a, mm-hmm. I don't know what the word is, but it's, I think you get what I'm privileged. trying to say. It's privilege. Yeah. There, it's the, it's the uh, another very American thing is have choices. And to, it, frequently, I think there's not enough respect for the people that don't have the privilege in uh, of choice and this is this is definitely a choice i mean to to uh, let's let's say what it is when you when you have this 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 van life um uh you're saying well my my whole life can be transient and doesn't affect my employment or i can take six months off and that's fine yeah that is super fucking privilege yeah it all Uh, smacks of like the series of of things that have been circulating in the internet in the last several months about like someone who paid off their student loans much faster by like moving to Iowa and living with family oh, and like man. not ever like learning how to cut their own hair or like the, or on the flip side, the, like the family that thing, I don't know if you guys saw this, like the family in Kansas that did the spreadsheet where they're like, or, supposedly in Kansas, turns out they're actually a family in California that was trying to, show how they actually were essentially dirt poor while making $500,000 a year. And like their spreadsheet included saving tens of thousands of dollars on like for retirement and spending, you know, multiple thousands of dollars a year on clothes. And just like, you can go fuck yourself. You can do this. You, you can live within your means. It definitely seems like the people who are at the vanguard of this trend are and the the trend part is important are are not people who can only afford 
500 square feet of house. It's, you know, it's very much people who want everyone to pay attention to how they're making it work on only 500 square feet of house. Well, and and we we're all well aware of the the luxury enforced austerity that are the the ultra silicon valley people like Jack Dorsey who eats like twice a week or whatever and it, it, that this this yeah, this luxury of austerity and optimization is both it can it can be impressive but it can also be used for for very negative things as as I think Max points out which is the the immense privilege of gentrifying a uh you know a trailer park which is a, which is a word that has a very negative connotation I feel weird using it I don't know what the right way to call that is but I mean it's just another place people live but we you know associate it with not having a lot of you know having austerity that you didn't choose maybe uh, so yeah, I think that there's, you know, at heart, we kind of started with this as an idea of like something that's, that's very cool. And Max, I think that you could, you know, uh, you know, detail how it is cool, but there is definitely a difference between, um, and I think to, to bring it back to it, there is a difference between doing the van life, the hashtag van life and really using it as, uh, know just something fun to do for a summer or a week if you're in new zealand for example something like that uh, i see all the time when when i've when i've gone to the denver area in in utah the last couple of years uh being with people of of who are from europe and they're like yeah europeans love coming to america and renting the uh i think it's called like driving america or something but these these particular kind of like mini bus type rv things and the you know germans especially love renting those and driving around but I think the difference is that that I would point out is, are you going somewhere? Or are you just showing that you can go anywhere? Um, because if if I'm on my way to a national park, that's one thing. That's vacation. That's that's not. I'm not choosing this life. But if I'm just showing that I can go wherever and be transient all the time, that's where maybe that's the the, the slippery slope. I think that certainly like the. You wouldn't you wouldn't do that as much with with an RV if for no other reason than it would be kind of antithetical to these people who are like minimalist life to have something that the carbon footprint of that is just immense. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, there's definitely a, a huge distinction there. Um, I've I've done it uh, once for about a has four days I think of living in a van. Uh, and I loved it for four days, but yeah, it's totally different. I mean, anything we were talking about, you know, the privilege and all that, that's, it's a totally separate conversation when you get into living in a van and and tiny home living. Um, I think for a vacation, it's, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's, it's cool to be able to, depending on the pace of your vacation, it's cool to just kind of be able to go wherever and not have to worry too much about being in a certain place in a certain time or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just being able to stop on the side of the highway in a beautiful place and make lunch or dinner or make coffee even. I mean, these little things yeah. that you wouldn't really think about are really pretty neat. Well, and also as, as I don't know if I've, I've talked about on the podcast before, but I like the human advancement of sleeping inside. I think this is one of the more important things that we've done along with fire figuring out the best way to protect yourself is to go inside. So this, this like blends, like I'm starting to like outdoors more, but I still value sleeping inside. So this seems to be a great combination of, of things, modern technology, but also the beauty of, of nature. Yeah. 
And I admit that I, I did do it in um, New Zealand, which is known to be extremely camper van friendly. Um, there's so many tools at your disposal and places to sleep. And I know that, you know, freedom camping is, is frowned upon in a lot of places, which is the idea of, you know, just pulling up to any old side of the road and sleeping there. Uh, I don't think you can really do that. So I, I haven't done enough research to know, really. I guess you're considering a, a trip in the U.S., and I I don't know how how camper-friendly those specific areas that you'll be are. Yeah, um, so I'd be really curious to learn from your experience if you do choose to to do this. Yeah, um, I haven't you know. I haven't really thought about it, but there there are places where I'm like, oh, I I'm gonna go to this place anyways. Why why can I drive? I you know, if I wanted to drive to Denver, for instance, it takes like three days, and the places you stop are are not exciting. It's like if you take the exciting path, it's Louisville and Kansas City. Um, I made uh, disparaging remarks about Knoxville earlier, and uh, I would say that those are kind of on par with with Knoxville, Tennessee. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I don't know if it's if it's in my immediate future, but yeah, I mean, next time I go to uh, a national park and if there's a drive involved, that that could that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but it is different than saying like, no, I'm going to actually live out of this thing. There's there's living and there's traveling. And I think that the 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 living that is a choice, and as I think we've kind of <laughs> discovered here this today is is that it's a choice that there are some underlying things that aren't as as nice as maybe you hope for. Yeah, I mean, one of the most high profile people that lives in a van, at least when he's kind of off work, is Daniel Norris, who's a pitcher for the I want to say for the Blue Jays. But he like broke into the league with the Detroit Tigers and kind of made waves four or five years ago, maybe kind of like when he, I think when he was a rookie, uh, with the fact that in the off season he lives out of a Volkswagen van and like you know is it like lives off of eight hundred dollars a month and is like I want to experience being poor. It's like okay. All right, man. That's like you have the luxury. It's the it's like the uh, there's a pulp song called "Common People" about like a you know a working class fella who meets a, a rich girl in a bar and she wants to live like common people. She wants to do whatever common people do. I'm, I'm quoting from the song at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And he says, you know, uh, when you're laying in bed at night watching roaches climb the wall, if you call your dad, you could stop it all. And it's like. That is the encapsulation. It's like the luxury of wanting to dip a toe into poverty. It's just like it's kind of yeah, it's kind of gross. Well, I mean that the whole bohemian idea is is one that's basically as as old as you know as old as is money. In in some ways, it's like well, I am the I am the privileged child, and I'm going to go try this artistic life for a while, or, or yeah. whatever it is, and and see how it is. But you always have a have a backstop, and you know a lot of a lot of positive things have come out of it. But I think for the entirety of that time, it has also been eye roll worthy. If you can make a statement like that, you're never. I feel like you're never actually the the idea of I want to try. I want to feel like I'm poor. If you can make that statement, you will never actually be poor. I yeah. feel like. Well, I think now that I've I've said that, I'll maybe use Common People as the music for this episode. Cool. It's a neat song. It was also covered, uh, oddly, in like a weird sort of spoken wordy album by William mm-hmm. Shatner. 
Uh, and Ben Folds like played the music and sang the chorus. Oh, it was it, it was bizarre. It's good for ben a listen folds, every now that's, and then. That's a thing that still exists. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's pulp, not blur. Correct. Okay, I mean they're just there's a convergence. They you, would you say they blur together? Oh, oh god, I'll see myself out. That was awful. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but also I didn't know that William Shatner covered one of the songs, so Touché. I'm on a different plane today. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know if you guys have any any more thoughts, but I think I've I, I was mostly coming here to, to be a spectator because I've never really seriously thought about ha- that hashtag van life uh, <laughs> before yeah, today. Yeah, ask me, ask me in a year when I live out of a van. <laughs> Like Down we used by to, the river. Here's the thing. Yeah, exactly, Sean. We used to fear living out of a van. Right now, people embrace it, which is just you know just appropriate. It's all you need. It's all Welcome you need to, to America. Yep. The the only thing more American than driving across the country is appropriation. <laughs> all right. On that note, uh, we'll wrap that topic up. If you have your own camper van stories come find us on facebook or twitter at pretty okay pod and let us know uh, they won't be able to find us because we're not on instagram <laughs> touche uh you can find pierce on instagram at uh, i won't do Me. that to him. i won't do that to him. uh so we will move on as we do to pierce is sorry and i trust that because today is a day ending in why you have something to apologize about uh, so you just mentioned Pulp and I mentioned Blur and yes. there's, there's a member of Blur who is still in the Max, who is still in kind of the, the public, uh, cultural zeitgeist who is, I'm, I'm Damon Albarn. Yes. Um, uh, famous for being a member of which group, Max? Who was this person? Damon G- Albarn. Gorillas. I, oh, I got you. Gorillas. Yeah, who's someone who Max and I have, have seen together, actually. Yeah. So I guess a gorilla song came on today, uh, or recently, and I was thinking about it and then had this 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 horror, because I remember listening to them when I was younger, probably in high school. Um, and just this is really an apology for tremendous stupidity and, and ignorance that I probably didn't realize until college. But um, Damon Albarn, who, who I've seen in the flesh... Other members of of gorillas I've seen in the flesh. I'm apologizing because until I was like twenty ish, I in my head for some reason I think because of the music videos and everything, I was convinced that the gorillas were a completely digital creation. I didn't think they were real. I didn't think there were real people singing the songs. I don't know why. What did you yes. think that? Did you think that the internet just created gorillas yes. itself? Yes, I thought that there were like synthesizers or something that just someone like, has to work the synthesizers though. Yeah, like maybe they wrote the they maybe they wrote the music, but there weren't humans. I didn't think there were humans performing. Like there wasn't like a human playing the guitar or a human singing. I thought it was all computers. This should be this should be concerning because I nominally work oh, in it's con- technology. It's concerning for a number technology. of different reasons. Technology giddy, <laughs> namely that you didn't realize that in two thousand, even things that were performed on synthesizers had to be performed by someone. 
Yeah, but but you <laughs> could do that, and then the, I, listen. Or you said I thought you you said I thought they were a purely digital creation. Yeah, but but you said creation, which means they had to be created. And, I think mostly and, mostly the thing was is I think that I thought that there weren't people singing the songs or anything or rapping or anything. I thought that that was all computers somehow. I'm, I'm so fascinated by this. I don't know. I don't know why. I think it was wholly because all the music videos I saw these these avatars they had and was like, oh, they must do that because they're because there aren't no a, they people. aren't actual people. They aren't actual people. There was that was as far as I thought. And so later on, like, and I never saw a picture of Damon Albarn. Um, and so then it's ironic that I went and saw them IRL, and there they are, real people. That's so. so uh, this is fascinating. I'm a, so I'm really apologizing so, to to. Like, so you thought this even after you had purchased tickets to see them live? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I knew it before that, but it was it was like it. Pro- I was probably in college before I realized that they were that they were real people. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, well, that's that's something. Uh, I don't even know what to do from there. Um. Okay. Uh. So I guess we'll maybe close the show with a big idea from pop culture. Uh, and, and I now feel like it should be that uh, humans are still creating things. Uh, For now. Like that should be the whole idea. Uh, but uh, but since you have already touched on that and I already talked about the burger show, what will I? You know what? I got some new music. Um, I've been... Uh, really digging the album Miss Universe by a British uh, singer named Nilufer Yanya. And before we got on our pulp train, uh, I was going to use uh, one of her songs as the um, as the music for today, but that uh, that digression was too good to ignore. Uh, so so it's like it's an interesting mix. It's definitely sort of like guitar-driven indie rock, but she's got this syrupy British voice. It's almost a Husky is almost the right word for it. Uh, she's a she's a good singer, and the, the songs are, are pretty catchy. I really uh, particularly like uh, Paralyzed and In Your Head, which are two songs with really different vibes. Par- uh, Paralyzed is kind of dark and moody, and In Your Head is a little more... Uh, upbeat and kind of actually reminded me a lot of the Beths who I know I've talked about on this show before. So uh, Miss Universe by Nila Yanya is uh, a good listen and maybe I'll, maybe what I'll do is I'll use some of her stuff next week. Okay. Uh, all right. On that note, that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod or at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com you can subscribe to our show feed on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, please leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show so we can share what we're doing with them as well. We'll be back again next weekend to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Oh, come out in the back. We will never.